0: Hey guys, your favorite host, Chase Newcomb, back with another podcast. (laughs) So, uh, recently I was the host of the Metagame podcast in the past, but now we are starting a new podcast called The Respawn. Yeah, I'm here with Cora, my co-host. Hello. And we are going to tackle um, not just issues in eSports like the Metagame did, but we are going to talk about news in general with video games and regarding to eSports and out of eSports.
1: So, like, better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo.
0: All right. So that's what the podcast is about. It's uh, probably going to be, you guys have got about 40 minutes. So uh, sit tight, sit back, and uh, listen to the soothing sound of our voices. <laughs>
1: Hit yes for continue.
0: <laughs> yes for continue. <laughs> All right. So first we have a recap um, up to October from the summer from mm-hmm. what we've missed. So you want to tackle the first thing on the list, Cora?
1: Yeah, so the first game that um, was announced or coming out or that came out was uh, the Crash Bandicoot Trilogy series, the first three games, because um, like so many HD remakes have been coming out and so many fans were just like, oh my God, you know what game we should do, Crash Bandicoot, and so they were silent for like this entire time and then finally they're like, Okay. Here you
0: go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Um, so I was in Spain the entire month of June, mm. and I was really anticipating the game coming out. And I kind of forgot about it when I was gone, mm-hmm. and like I had all this build because I played these games as a kid. Like, yes. of course, I'm sure some of our viewers or listeners have l- played the games as well. Yeah. Um. So I came back from Spain, and like the day that I came back, they released. So <laughs> I came back from this really really long plane flight. Got off the plane. Got home and played the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, and it was magical.
1: I almost imagine you just bursting through your door and going,
0: Bandicoot. <laughs> <That's basic. laughs> I spun through the door, actually. Or slide tackled through the door. Yes. Whatever whatever you prefer.
1: Jumped on a turtle. Woo!
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say, um, the game itself, the three games, the remastered versions, were pretty great. I think that uh, it was a pretty good remas- uh, remasterization. It was a good spin on the games. You were able to play as Crash's sister as well through the second and third one, which was a pretty interesting twist on the games. Um, and not much changed mechanically, but aesthetically it was pretty cool. And the games look beautiful. Edward, did you get a chance to go back and play through them?
1: Um, I actually didn't have a chance. I worked most of summer, so the gaming that I did accomplish was mostly like, horizon zero dawn but um heck yeah anytime i can plug that game i will um but um i have seen like some playthroughs of it from like certain youtubers and and gamers on youtube and like yeah it's basically the bandicoot games it's like nostalgic and everything it just looks better like (laughs) definitely because you have all these weird shapes in the old one and then you know now it's just like streamlined pretty bandicoot and then because of this there a lot of people are like spyro spyro oh, and yeah. <laughs> oh. and then spyro people are like eh, maybe we might give you a spyro and everyone's like spyro
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need it
1: we need the spyro because of the bandicoot
0: i think that i think the best part of the remaster uh, the remastered games um, was how clean a, a big portion if you've never played crash a big portion of the game is avoiding and dodging things mm-hmm. or hitting things just right. If you walk up to something and it hits you, you're going to die. Yeah. So the hitboxes around a Crash as a character were a lot more clean when I went back and mm-hmm. played through it. And the old games, um, because it was more pixelated, you would hit something and be like, oh, I didn't hit that, or, oh, I totally mm-hmm. made that jump. And when I played through it this time, although it was still infuriating, mm-hmm. um, I played through it and was like, all right, I totally missed that. I can yeah. see where I missed that. I understand me missing that. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, I think there was a lot of problems with games in like that time of the Bandicoot series and like sort of the 90s, early 2000s was like a pixel Oh yeah, could like, mess up your game. And now a pixel doesn't mess up your game. You plug, just suck as a player.
0: <laughs> plug in for... Uh, Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness. One of the <laughs> hardest Tomb Raider <laughs> games of all time and completely infuriating due to what you just said. One pixel. One pixel <laughs> off. One pixel. One one shot. You one miss.
1: pixel ruined my life.
0: <laughs> Alright, so we're going to move forward on to Splatoon 2 which came out on the 21st of July. Uh, this was well received by fans of the first Splatoon which uh, started getting an eSports uprising we saw um, in South Korea. But uh, with Splatoon 2 coming out, I haven't seen much of an eSports following for it yet. The Switch hasn't just brought as much to the table as a traditional console. I think that what's really hurting the Switch sales for Nintendo is they're selling their games either on the console and you're not able to, like, interchange games in between people. Really? Yeah, for, for a lot of, like, their game base. You, like, you're a lot, you're able to buy a lot of the games on console, but if you go to the store and buy the game and you play it in your Switch, you're less likely to take it to another friend's house. Also, uh, the Switch has been bending, apparently, in the middle. When you set it in the um, port, Mm -hmm. the port heats up when it's charging it, and it bends the screen. So that has been turning off some of the fans. So maybe we'll see an eSports introduction for Splatoon 2. Maybe not. What do you think?
1: I'm not sure. And as someone who just recently got a Switch, like to, like I felt as if the first Splatoon was like this big thing, and I never really understood why. <laughs> I um, think a lot of people <laughs> didn't really. I was one I, of those. I didn't understand why. And so it's it, I when I heard about Splatoon two, I was like, okay, I'm going to be hearing about Splatoon two, especially since it's going to be on the Switch, which, like, honestly, in my opinion, is actually a really good way of Nintendo to get into like the whole console area after like you know Nintendo like Nintendo 64 and all these other things like and like Playstation and Xbox and like I, I kind of expected more Splatoon 2 news and like more like the hype that I saw about Splatoon and I don't
0: there was when the Switch was coming out there was a whole lot of hype around Splatoon as a game mm-hmm. um, everyone was really excited for um The multiplayer that it brought and the team battles because it was different. It was Mm -hmm. a different kind of play style, and I think that's what a lot of fans were going for. But with the second one, um, I have not. I personally have not looked at a ton of the reviews. From what I heard, it wasn't. It was too much similar to the first game. Mm -hmm. Um, The maps were really cool and different, but that was about it. So, and that's not. We as we've seen with the Call of Duty franchise, that's not enough for a game to change and for someone to be like, "Oh yes, I need this right now." (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I think Multiplayers And like Similar games Are what Helps set Games apart And when Even that's Not completely different because like with call of duty the reason i think people keep buying it i mean i don't get why mm-hmm. but the reason they keep buying it is that the multiplayer is like different like in modern warfare 2 the maps are different the way you play plays different but in mm-hmm. like the newest ones there's like new technology and new armor and weird stuff i don't <laughs> know <laughs> stuff that i don't you know that i wouldn't be
0: interested microtransactions in, yeah those <laughs> <laughs> joys hmm all right, but, so we're going to move on off that microtransaction mm, part.
1: <laughs> and hopefully, you know, we don't run into more microtransactions in other games. But um, the next one that came out over um, summer was the Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which had a lot of, not hype, but I, uh, I saw uh, before it came out a lot of um, advertisements from it. And it's the first uh, <clears throat> Naughty Dog... Um, like developed DLC that doesn't feature Nathan Drake.
0: Yes, yes, it was actually um, originally uh, a huge DLC, and then it just kind of became its own game because there was a lot of incorporation into the game itself, um, and it got so su- it did get surprising reviews. Uh, Polygon gave it an eight point five, mm-hmm. and Metacritic gave it an eighty four percent, and that's that's a pretty good uh, rating for uh, s- like a side story game. Um, yeah. Nathan Drake, as you said, was not featured in this game. His story ended in Uncharted 4, but it mm-hmm. was nice to revisit the Uncharted series. Um, mm-hmm. I recently, within this past year, played through all of the Uncharted games in mm-hmm. a row, and I have to say, unbiased um, looking back. Uh, at this point, probably one of the m- most well-developed and created games of all time it, as a series, in my opinion. Uh- Each game brought a new aspect that the previous game had not brought to the table and just flared it up with intensity. From the first game um, just being kind of thrown into this giant massive pirate fight going, what am I doing, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a treasure hunter? To the third game when you're inside of a burning mansion just trying to escape uh, and then you go to the Sahara Desert. You like visit every single part of the world, or geographically I guess mm-hmm. I could say. Um, so it the, the games themselves were pretty great. I was a big fan of the f- original series. Have yet to play Lost Legacy, but um, I've watched playthroughs. I have uh, checked up on the reviews, and it I, I I would I would agree with the reviews based on what I have seen.
1: And I do have to say that I'm so happy to see a. Um, games such as Uncharted develop so well because games like Assassin's Creed and like other series games could really learn a lesson from Uncharted mm. and that development mm. that you were talking about. But also I'm so happy to see a popular franchise take its popularity and make a, a Basically, a game of its own, The right. Lost Legacy, and make it two female protagonists that aren't white.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> like, Agreed. It's, it's so
1: exciting to see another game that are that's well received by male players as well. That is like, yes, this is good. This is, and it's not, and they're not eye candy. They're not, you know, helpless. They're not defenseless. They are literally going in and like taking care of business themselves. So,
0: yeah, and that's throughout the entire <laughs> Uncharted series, which uh, they can kind of be. Uh, shadowed over by Nathan Drake as a character, mm-hmm. but they they hold their own throughout yeah. the games as well. Um, both Chloe and, uh, ooh, what's her name?
1: Uh, Nadine?
0: Yes, Nadine. both Chloe and Nadine mm-hmm. both uh, uh, mess some stuff up, dog, <laughs> <laughs> in a naughty way. Haha <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> puns, puns. Moving on. Uh, the next uh, we have on our list is Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which mm-hmm. came out on August 29th. And this was interesting because we have not seen the Rayman Rabbids back in action for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: They kind of disappeared. They did, yeah, they yeah, They took yeah. a break.
0: And I've been a huge Rayman fan, uh, by the way, plugging this in. Uh, the, the developer and creator of the original Rayman posted on Reddit last week that... He is in the process right now of creating Rayman 4, oh which goodness. we have been in waiting for for 13 years. So that's going to be hype as well. But back to Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom. <laughs> um, this game was really under, I think it's been shadowed as well over by Mario Odyssey because Mario Odyssey is coming out here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And that's the next big Mario franchise. Um, but this was an interesting twist on Sort of a XCOM type style play Mm -hmm. uh, where you take turns uh, as Mario and the other Mushroom Kingdom characters such as Luigi and Princess Peach and you fight the Rabbids. But the the Rabbids are dressed up as the Mario characters uh, like Princess Peach and Luigi, for instance. So um, it was an interesting turn on the game. Uh, and it was for the Switch as well. So this summer was a pretty big summer for both PlayStation and Nintendo mm-hmm. uh, exclusives.
1: And um, definitely, with so much like criticism on Nintendo for being like, you're releasing the Switch with basically just Zelda.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's nice to see that over the summer and from their release, they're like, well, yeah, we we may have just released it with Zelda, but here's like a bunch of other games that are coming out that are slowly coming out, you know. We just wanted to make sure that people had Zelda. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's good to see that they have, like, different different types of games coming out. Because, like, they'll have, like, games like Troll or they'll have, like, Dragon Ball Z Universe. But then they'll also have, you know, these turn-based RPGs as well as, like, you know, the old school, like, Nintendo classics like Mario. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that this was an interesting take on a Mario game. Mario's really been everywhere mm-hmm. in sense of gameplay. He's had his own RPG in Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. He's uh, had his own open-world RPG, really, with uh, the 64 version. He's been a side-scroller. And now this was an interesting turn on more of like an XCOM-type style of gameplay, where it's turn-based. Um, and it was really interesting because this game was also a local cooperative. Mm-hmm. And uh, a big part of the Switch's selling point was its co op feature mm-hmm. and being able to play with friends in whatever environment you want to. So they they held true to that with this game as well.
1: Yeah. Nintendo's doing really well with what they're trying to do with the Switch. Yeah. Which is it makes me happy because I actually really do enjoy the Switch. Yeah, um,
0: they're edging they're edging in that direction in my mm-hmm. opinion. They're getting there.
1: Way to go, Nintendo. Gold Star.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. So next on the list
1: is a Destiny Two. Ooh hoo hoo. Yay. <laughs> the one that came out on September sixth, the probably highly anticipated sequel I think of this year of Destiny. Um, one like basically Destiny Two features um it looks as if you're on the Earth's surface and, mm-hmm. you know, you're basically you have the same team that you built up in Destiny before, you know, with your little Peter Dinklage bot mm-hmm. and everything. <laughs> I mean he's not Peter Dinklage bot anymore, um, I don't Sad think. Face sad face but you know (laughs) you and peter dinklage bot got your whole team together and were like screw you darkness and you know you did that and it's kind of the same thing this game except it's like whole world and new abilities and like new co-op things and everyone is so excited for this game and it's been out you know over a month now and A lot of people are enjoying it. I haven't seen a lot of criti- uh, huge criticisms for the game. Um, I do know that a lot of people are hoping that it doesn't do what Destiny did. Um, which that? is Destiny. What Destiny ended up doing was that it would keep releasing the DLCs for it, mm-hmm. but you could only keep continuing to play the game if you had those DLCs.
0: Mm. So sort of
1: that like, yeah, you can still play Destiny, I guess. So you but had to
0: buy the last DLC in order to play the previous DLC. Mm-hmm. like if you w- let's say there's four dlc if i wanted to play that final dlc i would have to play buy the first three mm-hmm, because wow. of the content of the, the way that mm. it just
1: interwove into the narrative and the game interesting and like you couldn't really go on to like um, multiplayer and everything so i know that a lot of people are hoping that won't happen i'm hoping that won't happen especially if like you, like, like you buy the core game and then you know a month later okay you have to get this dlc <laughs> because you might as well just wait a couple years and then get the full game when they with all the DLC in it.
0: You know what I think this episode is telling us, Cora? Well, I think that we need to do an entire episode based on microtransactions. <laughs> Those because, uh, devils. Because yeah. uh, that that is that is the the as you just said the devil of today's gaming industry.
1: Yeah, like we we've already paid you know sixty seventy dollars for this game. And then you're giving those who have the ability to buy things in game an even better advantage, which is so unfair to the average gamer. Oh, definitely. I agree. But That's that awful. happened, Destiny came out, and I really want to get Destiny, too, um, because I was a big fan of Destiny until, you mm. know, I got to, like, the third DLC, and I'm like, well, I can't buy the other DLCs, I'm sorry, yeah. because um, <laughs> they released them too close to each other, wow. so it just, I couldn't do it, and, you know, it, it left a hole inside of me, because I do enjoy Destiny, the gameplay is amazing, That's the, the, worst. Mechanics are, the mechanics are great, you know, the way that you play, um, you can cater it to your own play style, and... Graphics, a plus as oh, always.
0: yeah, and I, I personally, um, I've never played Destiny. It's one of those games that I've just see streaming, and uh, I have a friend who enjoys it a lot, so he talks to me about it quite a bit. Um, but that that's a that's one that's a really sad thing about today's industry. We have a great A game mm-hmm. with amazing graphics, smooth play style, um, and really adaptability great to whatever. Great story too. There you go, great story as well, and great adaptability to whatever you want to cater to your gaming style. And you're not able to finish playing because you can't dish out the hundred bucks for all the DLC and yeah. everything, um, which it's sad. Um, but it was received well. Um, mm-hmm. It did. I don't think it hit as the high mark as Destiny One. Mm-hmm. I think it got an eight point five, whereas Destiny One got like a nine point eight, um, depending on where you're looking at. But it was between the 8 to 9 range online, um, from what I saw.
1: Which, you know, is still good. No, and still good for yeah. a game. Don't
0: get me wrong. Great. But,
1: you know, I think I think the reason, it didn't score as well. We didn't have Peter Dinklage bot.
0: Mm, Peter Dinklage bot. Rip. <laughs> Rip. Maybe he'll respawn next time. Oh. Finger guns. Metroid Samus Returns came out <laughs> <laughs> on <laughs> September Beautiful. of this past year. Um, so... This was a big release for Metroid fans. We haven't seen a Metroid game again in a while. Um, and this was really a ploy. It came out for Nintendo 3DS and it was really a ploy on um, Metroid 2, which was an older Metroid game of uh, and they took a lot of th- the components of one of the original games and they added new features such as like melee counterattacks and you could fire at any angle. And you had multiple abilities that you could select to use. So uh, the game itself received well online. Once again, we got like a good 8.5 to 9. Uh, IGN rated it an 8.5, yeah. And Polygon re- rated rated it a 9. Sorry. Um, and Samus is a huge character in the gaming industry because this was one of the original female protagonists. Yeah.
1: Like in the, the gaming. The, the first one that, you know blasted through <laughs> the wall of just like hey you know what i'm a woman i have boobs and i'm gonna like wreck everything and samus as a character is just like she's feminine but she's not feminine she's just there to do what she needs to do and the fact that she's back is you know powerful oh,
0: great i want to see i this was great for a 3ds release in mm-hmm. my opinion um, I'm probably going to pick this up within this next week because I've heard great things about it so far. Um, but I got to say, I really, really, really want another 3D full-on console-style Metroid. Mm-hmm. We need that. I think I think. Nintendo, that please. <laughs> N- Nintendo, Nintendo, please. Do hey. it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but um
1: I feel like especially nowadays if they did release, you know, another Metroid Samus um game on console, it would do well. It would succeed. Oh
0: god, it it would <laughs> blow out of the water. It just this needs th- to
1: have a powerful story, that's all.
0: See, this year and what I see as a recurring theme from other companies, this year and the year prior and years going forward, we're going to see a lot of remakes. Mm-hmm of remakes because we're hitting that 30 year mark in the gaming industry
1: Yeah,
0: um, like at least popularized gaming industry where all these big name games that came out in the 80s and 90s are starting to reach a ripe age and mm-hmm. the adults that played them then now have children mm-hmm. and they're still playing games because they were gamers growing up Yeah. so if this game re-releases not only are we getting the audience of adults now we're reaching the we're, we're still hitting the like child, child audience. So Yeah,
1: and like that when you said the ripe old age of like thirty and like, you know, all that stuff, immediately the biggest remake that came to mind was Final Fantasy Seven. Oh yeah. And I keep seeing beautiful, beautiful trailers of that and I'm just like, come through <laughs> Come <laughs> on. Through. I mean... Come on. Like, can you get in my console right now? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go play. Um and I think that, yeah, a lot of companies are going to, like, capitalize on that. Like, oh, hey, you know, when we released them, these gamers were, like, 20 years old, and now they're, like, 50. And they want to, like, share it with um, their children. So why don't we make it look pretty? Because I don't know if I would ever play a pixelated version of a game at this point because I've been spoiled.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. Some of them, I don't know, there's some pixelated games like Stardew Valley Mm -hmm. that are just... Visually appealing, Stardew Valley and uh, what's another? Terraria, both mm-hmm. of them great, pixelated, awesome games. But I can see where you're coming from in terms mm-hmm. of your specific wants and needs as a gamer. We all have and our wants and needs. I think
1: a lot of gamers that are about our age or a little bit younger have also been spoiled. They've never had to go through the SNES or like 64 graphic version into mm-hmm. what they have now. So I think that, you know, if you put, like, a really old PlayStation in front of them with, like, you know, the old Final Fantasy VII, they'd be like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, 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 So.
0: So, moving on, uh, we're going to hit some eSports stuff, um, but since this was summer, there wasn't a whole ton of eSports stuff going on. Uh, mm-hmm. We did have Dreamcast, uh, not Dreamcast, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dreamcast, bleh, in uh, Sweden, and... We had a new Overwatch map come out, which uh, was the Horizon uh, Colony, Lunar Colony.
1: <laughs> the moon. <laughs> Excuse me.
0: Yep, Overwatch Whoa. on the moon. Uh, this map at first was not received well by the players. Um, it was too easy to attack um, and not defend. Like it was too easy to attack on both sides. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. Um, so it wasn't really received well by fans, but. Apparently, um, now it's kind of shifted into the meta with our recent changes that we've had with Mercy and Diva and <laughs> uh, Junkrat. There's a few characters. Uh, that was another huge thing that happened this summer in terms of Overwatch. There was a lot of character changes. Um, Which I mo-
1: think the Mercy
0: change was
1: not well received at all. Really?
0: I think, I think the opposite, personally. A-,
1: a lot of people were saying that instead of nerfing Mercy to make her, you know, on the level that the other support characters were, because m- no one else would play anyone else but Mercy. Right. And that's why they nerfed her. They should have really upped the ante with the other support characters, you know? Made like Lucio and um, <laughs> the other ones that I can't recall their names of right now. Um, just all the support characters upped their ante to Mercy's level so that support, you know, support mains would be more likely to not just play Mercy.
0: Agreed, but. But she the problem was with kind that, of op the problem with that is they've are they, they they already buffed those characters mm-hmm. prior to the mercy patch lucio mm-hmm. got a big buff on his damage and um, his alt <clears throat> in switching uh poses zenyatta received an early early nerf in terms of his character mm-hmm. on his discord orb and his um, i guess healing orb yeah. but both but he got buffed again as a character with his damage that's um, good so, and Ana Anna was way too powerful as she was prior to, so she got an, a well-needed nerf a while back. But mm-hmm. the thing with Mercy was you just saw too much in either not so much competitive play in terms of pros, because they, they st- stick to their Lucio Zenyatta. Yeah. But in terms of competitive at a platinum Masters level mm-hmm. and Diamond level, huh. there was a lot of people that were playing mercy and just coming in alting the entire team and re-engaging a team fight team they i think the whole point of nerfing mercy was so team fights would dwindle quicker and Mm. they didn't drag out because a big problem that esports can have is the team fights dragging out too long and everyone's like oh yeah this is hype but it's good to have a team fight where everyone's engaged but if you're having a team fight where just a few people are breaking off to kill and then come back and fighting while like three people are fighting then it's like like, it get boring, quite boring, mm, yeah. not
1: as exciting. Exactly. Yeah, I so can see that.
0: I think they were trying to change Mercy to mm-hmm. make her a little bit more upbeat to fit with the play style of the game. Yeah. Um, but People yeah.
1: still weren't happy with it, but, yeah, now I can see how that could help it.
0: So, <laughs> Overwatch got some changes, um, and Smite uh, got a few new gods as well added to the roster, but hi Res does that, like, every month. So. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's kind of like Lee. Like, oh, there's a new one? Cool. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So, we're going to move forward now off of esports and onto the games we have this fall. Number yeah. one, on September 29th, what came out, Cora?
1: On September 29th, what did come out? Oh, that beautiful, beautiful game, Cuphead.
0: Oh, just. Cuphead. That, <laughs> cup that, that, that just sounds nice. Cuphead.
1: Like, I, I just. I wish I could share with my voice, like, even more, just, like, physically, just. Oh, cuphead I just can't describe the amazingness that is this game like it's it has great difficulty, great story and the art is just astounding. the fact that the amount of work mm-hmm. that the developers put into this game mm-hmm. is just amazing the fact that everything in this game is completely hand-drawn is unheard of sure. and I think it was a white good um, art choice like art direction to go to
0: towards. Oh man, definitely interesting, and I read some interviews that some of the um, producers said about this game, and they said that they were having a hard time sticking with the hand-drawn concept. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you that don't know, Cuphead is a side-scroller where the whole focus of the game is around boss fights, and it's in the style of an old cartoon, and it's drawn like an old cartoon, but everything in the game is hand-drawn everything in the game is So, drawn.
1: like imagine Mickey Mouse punching like some weird random flower creature
0: yes exactly like that sort of style so it's and it's extremely difficult it is a very very hard game this I have played um, and I have a lot of uh, admiration for it I think it's too easy in today's in today's gaming industry to stick to a niche and go with that niche mm-hmm. and continuously just keep plugging money into it. <laughs> mad <Madden. laughs> Call of <laughs> Duty. Uh, but I think Cuphead took a really well-deserved breath of fresh air into my system. I mm-hmm. think that I really needed that. And as a game, it was visually appealing. It was mechanically appealing. It really hit all the nice spots I wanted it to hit as a gamer. And like, But it was still frustrating. Oh, and that's the best <laughs> part about it, getting mad at it. Yeah. It's like, oh, why can't I beat this? And it's then like, when you beat it, you have that sense of satisfaction. Like, mm-hmm. I, did like
1: I have beat this beautiful but yet so infuriating game. And I don't know, I just like that it has a story, yeah, and it and it has its main characters, but like I mean they're cups. They're they're cupheads. They're not <laughs> like they're not gendered, they're not like Cuphead and you know, Mugman. <laughs> they're 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 not gendered. Like they're just they're there to like beat stuff up and like go through this world and It's just an amazing game and I like when these types of games come out just randomly. Like or not randomly, but like they're suddenly like, Hey, there's this game, it's gonna come out in like a month and you're just like, When when was this in development? What what were you doing? Because I feel like games like Cuphead come like once in a blue moon or like at weird times during the years and they either hit really hard and really well or just completely drop off the side of the cliff and die.
0: Oh yeah, and agreed. That's what ha- I feel like. That's what happened with Braid mm-hmm. and Meat, uh, Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. Both of those games, they were great side scrollers. Really difficult, but they fell off yeah. really fast.
1: And with Cuphead, I just I think that the fact that they're just like, yeah, you know what, you know how all these other animators are using digital stuff. Well, you know what we went and did. We drew it all, all of it, all of that, all that <laughs> that you see, hand drawn. Except for like yeah, very, that. very minimal digital work went into it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that is like the biggest key is that like, yeah, this entire game, we made it. Actually physically made it. We, we created it, yes. <laughs> and just, I don't know, I just really appreciate this game. Just for the type of game it is, um, where I think this will inspire more side-scrollers like this. And just more just difficult games. Because I almost feel like recently games have gotten too easy.
0: I would agree with that pre-2017. Maybe the past, like, three years. Yeah, Yeah.
1: like, like like, recently they've just been, like, sort of easy. And I've noticed, like... With more open world games and like games like Cuphead, like it's not like okay, you're you're the player. You need to go here and go here and grab this and grab that. It's like hey, I mean, it might be in this general area. You could mm. try, <laughs> 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 or like hey, you need to go fight this thing, and you know, it's really really hard, and you can only beat it by hitting this tiny part on it. Like I like that games like Cuphead will probably inspire m- more challenging games. Oh,
0: I hope so. I really hope it's an inspiration to other developers to create. Not so much the same game, but take their artistic approach. Um, So, yeah. Mm Come ahead. So, next on the list um, is Shadows of War. That came out on October 10th. And uh, I'm going to talk for a minute about this game because I have been playing (laughs) a ton of this game. You
1: go ahead Um, because I haven't played it yet and I want to.
0: Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. All right. So, first things first. Buy this game. Yeah. Uh, This is a phenomenal experience. Yeah. It picks up where the last game left off, and uh, you're still with Celebramore, which is the um, creator of the rings and Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. and he has forged the new ring, and so you and him in this next game, the first game was kind of an initiation into this game. Mm -hmm. It set up the story for this game. It set up all the background as um, most beginning movies, books, Mm -hmm. any franchise does, and this game is really like, the empire strikes back of the series <laughs> this is this is the g- this game is like
1: nitty gritty we're
0: taking we're taking everything we learned from the first game and we are taking it into the second game and adding new things on top of it so did you ever play assassin's creed 2
1: assassin's creed 2 yeah
0: okay did you ever play assassin's creed brotherhood yes okay did you know the difference between the two games that had, like playing remember that difference of playing 2 and like oh this is really great and then and brotherhood out of yeah. the concepts of all the assassins you could have on your team
1: yeah they basically and, took all the tools that you had in this, the second one. And in Brotherhood, they were like, here's all those tools, but also, bonus, and you, you get can, buddies.
0: You can basically command your own army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same concept, uh, same exact thing. This yeet. is this is this, uh, just in 2017, 10 years later, this is phenomenal. Um, and so we're going to talk for a minute um, about the development of the game. So there was an um, executive producer, Mike, Michael Forgy, I really hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Um and he died from a brain tumor last year at 43. Um, so the game and the development <clears throat> made a DLC for him. And originally it was going to cost uh, – it varied in price between EU and um, mm-hmm. U.S. Uh, prices, but it was going to be abro- around 350 for the DLC. Uh, so now apparently what Bethesda – not Bethesda. <laughs> wait, was it Bethesda? <laughs> hmm. um, Spacing right now. The company that <laughs> made the company that made it, I'm, it was either Bethesda or Ubisoft. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it wasn't Bethesda. It was probably Ubisoft. It was
1: probably mm. Ubisoft.
0: They said that they were going to um, create it for free, just give it out for wow. free. And the DLC is you play as Fort Hog Orc, Orc Slayer, and mm-hmm. Fort Hog Orc Slayer is Michael Forgy, personated ah. in the game. So that's it's him. That's um,
1: that's so sweet. And of it's Ubisoft. free for
0: everyone. And I know it's for I know it's free because. Um, did you ever play any of the Fallout games? Fallout I, 3? I did. Okay, Fallout, the games, uh, you know, the mysterious stranger perk mm-hmm. where you go to shooting vats and some guy would come out of nowhere if you mm-hmm. missed your shot and then blast him away. Same concept. If you're down in Shadows of War and someone's about to finish you with a killing blow, mm-hmm. you there's a chance that Forthog Orc Slayer can come out of nowhere with his battle axe-wielding guitar and slice <laughs> their head off. <laughs> And I gotta say, the first time this happened to me was during a raid. I was mm-hmm. raiding a castle, and this mm-hmm. is one of the biggest points in the game. At this point, point. and I'm about to be killed by this uh, war chief, and I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna have to restart all this. He came out of nowhere, just bashed him in. It. I was, I was live. I was like, oh, I'm okay, <laughs> hey. huh? I don't, I don't know how to react to this. <clears throat> oh my goodness, yeah. So with this DLC, they included extra music because Michael Forgy was apparently. In a band, um, as okay, part of so the development, the, the
1: guitar makes sense. now. Yep. Yeah. 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 He was in a band, <laughs> yeah.
0: so they all the music that he made in the band with the rest of the people who worked for the company, mm-hmm. they are dropping that. D, that wow. They are dropping their music as part of the DLC. So.
1: That that is just what a great way to just like immortalize someone that gave oh, really? so much to a game. Oh really? Which though? I imagine the game is phenomenal, by the way.
0: Oh oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I just and i'm i'm pretty sure it is a ubisoft game because the first thing that came to mind when you mentioned ubisoft was the like eagle eye like you know perk where you could like sense people that's in like every ubisoft game i'm sorry but it (laughs) it is it's useful but it's in like every ubisoft game and i don't know why it was
0: published by warner bros and developed by monolith productions hmm so that's weird yes I didn't want to release this without them getting a plug because their their game's great, mm-hmm. and I get the whole Warner Bros. because of the Batman Arkham series. Yeah, so that that totally makes sense in mm-hmm. terms of play style and how the game is created. Yeah, but, but um, yay!
1: I'm so glad to see a game release stuff for you know nothing that adds to the game.
0: That hey, it's almost like that's how games should be made,
1: right? Like, <laughs> like not like we buy it; we should get things for it. Mm-hmm. we should just pay
0: the game out front <laughs> <laughs> maybe
1: maybe give us the entire burger not just the buns and then make us buy the patty and the tomato and the lettuce
0: separately exactly
1: like or you know make it only best buy exclusive i'm sick of that stuff <laughs> oh god it's so, <laughs> so it's it's good to see it's good to see a game that gives you what it what it says it'll give you and more like it's so nice but, yay, Shadow of War. I am definitely going to get that because I really liked uh, the Shadow of Mordor. Mm-hmm. And to have Shadow of War would be phenomenal.
0: Agreed. So, uh, we're going to skip forward a little bit. And November 1 a.m. on the 8th, oh. Wednesday, is going to mark the final moment of the Meverse. So, bye bye, mevers.
1: <laughs> so all those cute little me's that you've made since the conception of the Wii, they're gonna We're die. We're destroying them. They're they're dead. They're dead.
0: <laughs> Everyone <laughs> you know that you've added on your console <laughs> is going to die.
1: No more mees Wow, I want. I that's that's interesting to just like basically a, a base for like what the Wii and like you know that software the has Wii been. and the
0: Wii U was made for. Yeah, yeah. nope, it's gone. Bye, Deuces. Me. See ya. We done. <laughs>
1: that's Hey, we're sick of looking at them. Yeah, apparently. So that makes me wonder if they're going to have, like, a new system of, like, sort of, like, me-ish type things. Or I
0: would imagine um, they would do something like that. I don't really would say with the Switch, uh, but I would say with, like, the next Nintendo console, I imagine that they'll take something in that direction mm-hmm. um, in terms of your character profile or mm-hmm. having some sort of um, profile for your person or mm-hmm. your game.
1: Or just having something that can distinguish you get yeah. from other things uh, but i'm kind of sad
0: <laughs> yeah i i i am as well mainly because in smash bros uh super smash brothers 4
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh there's a weverse map that you can play on and you can see all the um nice backgrounds mm-hmm. um and okay i say nice backgrounds as in terms of people would draw in the me mm-hmm. and whatever they posted would post in the background mm-hmm. of the map so you're playing and it's like a regular platform Uh, With like three platforms you can jump on, and then there's a background. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was really cool. But I gotta say, I'm kinda happy that the Miiverse is dying because, because, (laughs) last, no, two years ago, I anticipated Star Wars Episode 7 so hard Uh with so much of my heart. Mm -hmm. And I went to my friend's house to play Super Smash Brothers. And some jack wagon wrote in the background of this map Han Solo dies.
1: <gasps> oh.
0: And I, 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 I. And
1: from then on, and then, from you then decided. On, I, I, I put on
0: my red <laughs> headband as I was struck by lightning and bit by a cobra. <laughs> and, and I yes. vowed vengeance. Vowed against, vengeance. Against and November 8th at 1 a.m., my vengeance <laughs> will reign.
1: <laughs> so, you know, get everything you can out of your means.
0: Everything.
1: Everything. <laughs> Before Chase's vengeance uh, kills them. Speaking
0: <sighs> of killing, Cora, hmm? it's been great having you as a co host. Oh,
1: oh no. Oh.
0: But I'm taking you out.
1: Oh, that's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Chase Newcomb. That was the Respawn Podcast, Episode 1. Tune in next time. Will Cora come back? We'll see. But until then, good luck, have fun, and GG.